Take ORFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and streaming of primo local content. Download the accessmedia.nz app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This program was first broadcast on ORFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to The Final Curtain. Ordinary New Zealanders telling their stories about death. I'm Shirley Welsh, host of Death Cafe Dunedin, where people meet in all sorts of places to drink tea, eat cake and discuss death. In this program, we break the taboo around talking about death and hear firsthand from New Zealanders about their experiences and their perspectives. Last week I interviewed Melanie, the host of the Christchurch Death Cafe and convener of Death Matters Conference, about how she came to accept death. This week she tells us about how she made a memory box for her father before he died to acknowledge all the love he had shown her during her life. Hello, Melanie. Hi, Shirley. How's it going? Good, thank you. So let's talk about your father. So describe him for us. Well, my dad was a very grounded, practical person, quite adventurous. He was born in Omaru in 1930 during the Depression and grew up during the World War II years. Um, So quite a life of, quite a, as he described it, looking back, they, they didn't have much. They lived out of the family garden that kept them going and it seemed quite a sort of sad, scary childhood really. Um, he became an engineer and on the weekends he he was a passionate skier helping build Craigie Ben Valley Ski Club from its early beginnings. Um, he was very he was a very practical person, he could fix or build anything. He wouldn't hesitate to take apart a watch, work on it with tweezers or replace a clutch in one of the cars or weld up some new bar stools. But um, apart from all that amazing practicality, he was quite gruff and had a, a very dry sense of humour and he wasn't physically demonstrative and he certainly didn't share his emotions um, at all and I think I was looking back over my whole life he never once told me that he loved me and I'm pretty, I, I pretty much accepted that that was just the way he was um, and about 15 years ago I was reading a book by Gary Chapman that completely changed my life and it was called The Five Love Languages and I think it's, a lot of people are familiar with the book it's, um, it's not uncommon but when I first came across it it was a revelation to me and so I'll just, shall I just share The Five Love Languages and you said that it was this book that inspired you to make him a memory box so yes, tell us about the yes. book it was. So, so I'm reading the book and it's talking about the, the, these five love languages. Basically, there's five ways, according to Gary, that we receive affection and five ways we show affection. And these are, these are the five ways. Words of encouragement, like, oh, you're doing a great job. I'm so proud of you. And it was, you know, I so appreciate it when you do that. So words of encouragement, acts of service, it's doing things for each other, making cups of tea, running errands, um, you know, just doing all those little odd jobs that parents and partners do for each other. 
gift giving or receiving. That's fairly self-explanatory. Quality time. And the fifth one is physical touch. So hugs and hand-holding and shoulder massages. So those are the five. And in the book, Gary encourages us to think about our own love languages. So the idea is that you have one or two favorite ways you like to show affection and one or two favorite ways you like to receive it. And not necessarily, you don't necessarily show it in the same way you like to receive it. And so I was thinking about all these, which ones I like to use. And then he said, now think about your parents. What do you think their love languages might be? And I started thinking about my dad. So he wasn't one for compliments. He certainly wasn't much of a gift giver, being so practical. He he definitely didn't give out hugs, although he did like receiving them. But he did give of his time, and he excelled at acts of service. And this was a light bulb moment for me. I I was just it was like my my whole perspective of my lifetime changed in an instant, and I stopped waiting for hugs and I love you and I suddenly saw all those acts of service that he had been performing for me and for the family as his love language and it was so humbling and it completely changed everything. I think up until that moment I'd seen the way he was, all his mending and fixing and all his doing things for us as that's just what dads do and I hadn't actually seen it as, no, that's what he does. Not all dads, not all dads do that. Mm-hmm. And so it was, so I had this huge epiphany and I was bursting with excitement and I, and I wanted to let him know that I now understood him better and that I really appreciated him more. But I knew I couldn't just go over and blend it all out because that would, he, you know, he wouldn't be able to, that just wouldn't, he wouldn't receive it deeply. It would kind of bounce off, I think, because it wasn't, you know, he didn't receive words of encouragement very readily himself. So I, so one of my love languages is gift giving, and that's when I decided to make him a memory box. So I, I went and bought an old wooden chest the size of a shoebox, and, and I chose something that wouldn't look out of place in his workshop next to the garage. And then I let my mind wander back to the growing up years and the memories. And so the memories started to come up of just little things that he'd done or things that had happened as we were growing up. And I started jotting them down on a piece of paper. And as one memory came up, I suddenly remember a couple of others. And I, and I did this over a few days and a few weeks. And so shall I, I share a couple of examples? Yes, please do. Okay, here's one. I rem- so, okay, I'll just read it, then I'll tell you why. <laughs> I remember you driving into the ducks late one night on a rescue mission. Dad had been in bed asleep at the time. You managed to remove a snapped-off key from my car's ignition with dental instruments. After a failed burglary attempt, burglary attempt I could always rely on you. And oh, I'll read you one more to give you another perspective. Uh, you could fix anything, the toaster, washing machine, dryer, the cars, my watch. Plus there was plumbing, building, rewiring, insulating, welding, concreting, unblocking, pruning, and rescuing the cat from up the big pine tree yet again. 
you taught me that problems worth solving. Mm-hmm. And so I, when I had about 24 of these, I wrote each one on a small piece of paper, folded it up, and I put each one in its own little box. And I put all those little boxes into the big wooden box. And, you know, it was an amazing experience just going back through my memories and 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 just savouring each of these experiences in a new way and seeing each one as, oh, that was such a kind thing he did that was really thoughtful or, you know, he never really said much, but he was completely there for us the whole time. And so once I had the box all assembled, all the memories are in it, that's when I started feeling really sick. And I was really worried about how he was going to receive it, what his reaction would be. And so, I mean, I know, and part of me, the thinking part of me can go, look, yes, when we step out like this and share our feelings and be vulnerable, it takes a lot of courage because, you know, there's that fear that we're going to be rejected or embarrassed. And um, But I knew that I had to, you know, to make a, a deeper, more authentic relationship with them. I had to be the one to take the first step and risk all those risks being embarrassed and rejected. So in the end, I, I decided I'd wait till his birthday so there was at least a reason for giving it to him. So I, I went up to my parents' place on his birthday and in the end I just said to him, Dad, here's a box for your workshop. I've made, uh, you can just dip into it from time to time. And then I you know, basically just left and nothing was really said. And, then, and a few days later after giving it to him, I hadn't heard anything from either mum or dad and so I rang my mum and I said mum what's going on with Dad's box did he take it down to his workshop is it what's going on and she said no you won't believe it and I'm holding my breath I'm so excruciating I'm going oh my gosh what's he done with it she said it's beside his bed on the on the bedside table and each night he opens the box and he reads one out to me and he completely loved it beyond words Mm. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. I loved it. And then six months later, Dad was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And slowly his life began to shrink. And first, you know, the workshop that had, he had a big drill press and a lathe that had to go. And eventually they had to downsize. And his whole workshop went. And they moved into an apartment in town. And over the years, his Parkinson's had quite a slow progression. 10 or 15 years, he continued to deteriorate until mum couldn't look after him anymore and he moved into a full care facility he had his own room. And all the material things dropped away in his life. But the one thing that he still had with him in that hospital room was the memory box. And I would go and visit him and sit next to him on his bed and reread the memories and I'd elaborate on some of them or embellish them and he would chuckle. And I even began adding a few new memories to the box as more came to mind. And then he died in November 2018, age 88. And I borrowed the box back and read from it at his funeral. And my message to the family was that he loved us through actions, not words. And And I said, I'm really glad that I stopped waiting for what wasn't there and instead tuned into what was. And where is the box now? It's right here. <laughs> <laughs> I've still got it. It's on my desk. I've got it at the moment. Um, 
because it seems to have taken on a life of its own. It's, it's such a simple process. Um, you know, we often think of gift giving as having to buy something and giving it to somebody, but I think sometimes the most meaningful gifts are things that we can make like this that cost nothing. You can just sit there. I mean, you didn't, I didn't have to buy a wooden box. I could have used an old shoe box. Um, but I just sat and started letting my mind wander back through all the little things that he'd done for me over the years. And it didn't need to be a big story because as soon as I wrote the little two sentences, of course, he was there, he remembered. So it's not like he, it wasn't a great, um, long, detailed paragraph in each of these memories. They're very short um, and to the point. And that was, and I think sometimes the smaller the memory, the tiniest things I remembered, in a way, he was really astonished because it's like, gosh, he couldn't, he couldn't believe that I remembered some of these little small things that he didn't even remember. And, and in a way, sometimes when we remember the small things, people think, gosh, if you remember that, it's incredible, it's really touching. You know, it's, it's, sometimes people think it's easy to remember the big things. It takes more effort to remember the small things. But it's, I think sometimes it's the opposite. It's the small things that, that really touch us. So did he ever thank you for having given him that box? No, he, he never said anything outwardly about the box. When we talked, we read memories and we talked about the memories, but we never talked about the box. He never said thank you. However, the way he received it, the way he treasured the box, was really all the thanks I needed. And and also, I did the box as an acknowledgement and as a thank you to him. So it was kind of that was a thank you in itself. But I know what you mean. He didn't actually say thank you for this amazing box. I love it. He never said that. And what did your mum make of it? <laughs> well, it was interesting with my mum. She she loved it. And it changed my relationship with her as well because she had always been Dad's cheerleader. She'd always just brought the world with him and was often extolling his virtues and saying, Oh, yeah, it's amazing, he does this, he does that. But once I shifted into appreciating him and through the memory box it was almost as if she could relax. She didn't need to be his cheerleader anymore because she could see that I was appreciating him and she could stop defending him. And so it was a wonderful gift to her as well. Mm. Definitely, it definitely lightened things in that regard. It was, yeah, it was amazing. Now, what are your thoughts on somebody being in a position where the person that they loved has died and that they can't make a memory box and give it to them, what could they do oh. instead? Well, I've been playing with the idea of the memory box more than since my father died. And I have actually started working on one for an aunt that died many, many years ago, my mother's sister. So I've been making one for her. And I think it actually works because, you know, it's shifted, it's helped me shift whatever was going on at the time, I don't even remember, but it's helped me shift the focus back to when I was young and all the holidays I had with her and all the amazing things she did. For instance, I remember her making the most incredible lolly loaf 
which we never had in our house because that was considered so unhealthy. But <laughs> she used to make this she used to make these incredible decadent, delicious desserts. Um, and so as I started thinking about her and remembering some of these experiences together, my list started to grow. Now I haven't actually turned it into a, a memory jar or memory box yet, but I think I will and I might end up giving it to her daughter at some point. But I think it's not about giving it to the person even, it's about creating a shift in ourselves from whatever it was with my with me and my father. I don't even, don't even know what it was. It might have been a state of not really appreciating him for who he was um, and it's to appreciating what was there. So instead of looking in one direction and, and going, oh, he never gives me hugs or he's never said I love you and oh, he hardly gives me any words of encouragement. <sighs> instead of constantly looking in that direction and wishing he were different, I shifted my focus to, oh, he's actually showing his affection in all these ways. And I just felt it's not to say that he was perfect um, and that his gruffness and all those other things disappeared. It was just accepting that this is the way he was and he was doing the best he could with what he knew and, and focusing on the positive. And I think we can do that in all our relationships, whether the people we love are still with us or whether they have left. It's still... It's still Beneficial. It still helps us. It still shifts stuck energy in our bodies, and it's healthy for us to do this. And I think it can have some miraculous consequences because it certainly has in my life. Now, your father having Parkinson's deteriorated over time, and then yeah. died. Did making memory box enable you to come to terms with his death more than had you not done it? Definitely. Oh, without a doubt. It helped me savour and remember the person he was and and all his adventure in you know, his adventurous spirit and all the things he was able to do and all his travels and experiences. And when I rather than seeing him stuck in this shrunken body, unable to move much and lying and you know towards the end quite bedridden and I think it was a gift to him that I when I would read these memories to him it reminded him that I wasn't just seeing him lying there in bed like that we were remembering who he was at heart um, so I definitely found it I definitely found it helpful and I also felt I mean, and this was because he was still alive when I was doing it. I felt I really savoured the goodness while he was there rather than sort of sat there feeling sad that what was lost. And that, I think that gave him, I think that helped him as well. But as I said, we didn't talk about feelings. So I don't know. But I know he enjoyed listening to those memories and I, and I, and I did become often my mother would read them to him as well and that's why I started adding some more to the box just to give them a bit of variety. Well that's why it was so effective because you didn't speak about feelings perhaps. Mm, mm. Well 
Melanie, thank you so much for telling us about the memory box you made for your father. After I heard what you'd done, I felt so disappointed that I hadn't made one for my own father, who would have loved it just as your father did. But I have promised you that I will make one for somebody else. And I know oh, you should make one for your father. Definitely. <laughs> oh, well, Do one for your dad. It's certainly something I'll think about, and it's something okay. I'll think about after I've spoken to you because you spoke about the continuing bonds that exist after someone's died, and I really take that to heart. So yeah. thank you so much, Melanie. This has been really, really interesting and very moving, a very moving story of, of the evolution of your relationship with your father through such a simple gesture on your part. Oh, thank you. I, I do encourage everyone to make one. It's not a memory box, an inspiration journal, or a memory jar for someone that they care for, whether they are still alive or whether they have already died. It's an amazing, an amazing process. Thanks so much. Okay, bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Final Curtain, ordinary New Zealanders telling their stories about death. Podcasts from this series are available online at oar.org.nz and from the accessmedia.nz app. At Death Café Dunedin, the conversation continues. You can join that conversation by listening to other New Zealanders tell their stories about death and, if you want to, by sharing yours. Look for Death Café Dunedin on Facebook for updates and meeting times. Take ORFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and streaming of primo local content. Download the accessmedia.nz app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This program was first broadcast on ORFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.